Hello and welcome to the Market Matters podcast by Emirates NBD. I'm Katija Huck and I'm joined today by my colleague Daniel Richards, who is our MENA economist. Daniel has recently published a paper on Etihad Rail and was also a shipping analyst earlier in his career. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk about all things transport in the UAE. Hi, Daniel. Hi, good morning, Katija. The UAE has become, by all accounts, one of the most important trade and logistics hubs in the world. And before the pandemic, transport and logistics probably accounted for around 10% of the UAE's non-oil GDP. Can you talk us through how the country got to this point? What were the key milestones in terms of developing the UAE's transport infrastructure? Yeah, sure. So I think when you think about the development of the UAE and key sectors, obviously the oil sector is the first one that comes to mind. But I think also as a key as a case to be made for the transport and logistics sector too, especially for Dubai in particular. So over the past 60, 70 years or so, there's been a series of major transport infrastructure projects which have really helped boost the economy and boost economic development. So starting with maybe the dredging of Dubai Creek in 1960, which ensured that the, um, the larger vessels, which were starting to struggle to come into the waterway as silts developed, could still come in. So that helped cement Dubai's position as a regional entrepreneur and trade hub. And that's really just continued ever since. So another key milestone was in 1979, when we had the launch of Jebel Ali port in the world's largest man-made harbour. And since then, that port has become the largest container handling facility between Singapore and Rotterdam. It handles around 15 million boxes every year. Likewise, the Khalifa port in Abu Dhabi has also continued to expand and inaugurated new expansion uh, just, in de- just in December this past. And of course, it's not just the maritime freight sector also, but air transport as well. Dubai International handles more international travelers than any other airport globally and also with a significant freight handling capacity. And in 2010, we had the launch of Dubai World Central, which provides further capacity in which to grow. So when you add all of this together, along with a world-class road network and warehousing facilities, and it's probably worth noting that the local transport infrastructure is rated amongst the best in the world on global indices, then you get a very strong intermodal transport network offering high connectivity to points all over the world and in a strong geographic position as well, the meeting point of three continents. So given this incredible infrastructure that already exists in the UAE, why did the government decide to build a rail freight network? Sure. Well, I think, as I was just saying, when you look at that transport mix in the UAE, which is pretty much best in class on a global scale across air, across road, across sea, the one thing that has been missing is a rail network. But now with the completion of phase two of the Etihad Rail, so we now have railway running from the southern border of Saudi Arabia through to Fujairah in the north and connecting all of the major ports, including Khalifa Port and Jebel Ali, on the way, that will help support the economic and development in the UAE, specifically plans to boost the industrial and manufacturing sector. So the benefits that rail can offer in in, in these circumstances as the economy is growing, becoming greater and greater in terms of um, these key development plans, such as Operation 300 billion, which aims to raise the industrial sector's contribution to the economy to 300 billion uh, dirhams by 2031, and also Industrial Strategy 2030 aims in turning the UAE into a platform for innovation-focused industries. So all of these will be very well served by rail freight. 
It also will take these rail freight volumes off the roads, which will help save around 2.2 billion US dollars in road maintenance by 2050, according to Etihad Rail. And overlooking over the next several years as well, if we start to link in this rail network with the rest of the GCC and plans are moving ahead to link with Oman, to link with Saudi Arabia, then that will help give a fillip to regional integration and trade as well. So what freight is currently being transported on the Etihad Rail Networks um, as we speak? So it has a new launch, but according to for the whole railway network, the extended railway network over phase two, but according to the Etihad Railnet website, they are already ready to transport pretty much anything on their network now. So including but not limited to hay, containers, ceramics, polymers, sugar, metals, waste, and the list goes on really. So anything and everything. And as the industrial and manufacturing sectors here continue to grow, you'd expect that there will be a wide and varied range of goods and materials being transported. And where we've already seen a particular success by Etihad Rail was in the phase one of a rail network. So this opened in 2016, and it sees freight trains operating between the Shah gas fields and the industrial area of Ruiz. And this shorter network has already been transporting as much as 22,000 tonnes of sulphur every day for ADNOC. So that's helped contribute to expansion of ADNOC's operations and the doubling of the Emirates' global share for sulphur production. I presume that will also be contributing to greater exports of that sulphur to other countries uh, in North Africa, where it's then uh, converted into fertilizers and, and other products uh, for industrial use. Um, what um, are the plans or are there any plans to start carrying passengers on the rail network in the UAE? What sort of timelines might we be looking at for that? Yes, absolutely there are. So that will be the next phase of the network's development. And the aim is to have passengers on the rail network by 2030. So the aim is to have the journey between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, for instance, that will be cut to just 50 minutes. Well, Abu Dhabi to Fajira will take around 100 minutes. And plans are moving ahead. So we've already seen some pretty cool images of a passenger car prototype, which will have charging stations and, and buffet cars and the like. So when you pair this with what will be the final phase of the planned rail project, which is to eventually also introduce light rail networks in the cities, but this could significantly change the way that people live and work in the UAE. People could start living further away from a place of work if they're able to travel in safe and reliable comfort and potentially even work while on their commute as well if going by train instead of driving. And when you think of plans to, to grow the population here, not least the plans to grow uh, the Dubai population to 5.8 million people 20, by 2040, for instance, around three and a half million presently, then that will also help uh, remove many cars from the transport network and help alleviate any potential congestion. And also, maybe it's worth noting, it could provide a further boost to the tourism sector as well. It would provide a much easier way for, for tourists to travel away from some of those major uh, primary tourism hubs to some of the more uh, less currently easily accessible areas. So this all sounds um, quite interesting and, and potentially would be a big contributor to getting cars and trucks off the roads uh, in the future. How does the Etihad Rail Project support the UAE's ambition to achieve a net zero emissions um, by 2050? 
Oh, yes, hugely. So according to Etihad Rail, the project will reduce road transport carbon emissions in the UAE by 21% over that time frame to 2050 and reduce road transport emissions per capita by 40% over that same over that same timeline. So with an ever-growing population, these are the kind of innovative transport solutions needed in order to keep the UAE's carbon footprint down. And I think it's worth noting that those kind of figures are backed up by uh, studies from around the world as well. So we saw one that said that the German government has estimated that rail freight produces six times less carbon dioxide as compared with road freight, with similarly large savings set to be had through curbing the number of individual car journeys. So all in all, it sounds like a really big step forward, both in terms of uh, environmental goals over the longer term, but also in terms of improving the speed and efficiency of freight transport in the UAE, and potentially a big boost to the quality of life uh, if people are able to enjoy fast uh, rail transport between where they live and where they work um, in in the coming years as well and, and getting people off the roads. Um, thank you, Daniel, for uh, joining the podcast. I, I did really enjoy the discussion. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, you can find Daniel's report on the Emirates MBD Research website, along with all of our coverage on global and regional macro and markets. Um, so that website is www.emiratesmbdresearch.com. Thanks very much and see you next time.